0: Ultimately, CI boils down to a series of reproducible commands that help us build, test, and validate our code in response to events like creating a pull request. The goal is to help us ensure that we are building the right thing at the right time in the right way. Hello, devs. Welcome to the Goobar podcast, where we talk about building great software and helping others to do the same. Here we have short chats about things like software development, working effectively in teams, and building your ideal career in tech. We aim to foster a sense of connection, inspiration, and continued learning so we can all continue to dream, learn, and create together. In this week's episode, we're chatting about a topic near and dear to my heart and also something I've spent a lot of time working on recently, and that is continuous integration, or CI as it's more commonly referred to. This is something that pretty much any modern professional dev team is going to use, and yet it's something that many new devs have very little exposure to or understanding of. Because of this, CI can seem very intimidating and is often siloed off as something most people don't think about. But hopefully in this episode, we can start to change that. We're going to explore the core goals and concepts of CI, introduce you to a few of the industry-leading CI tools, and finally, we'll chat about how you can start taking advantage of CI in your teams or personal projects. This podcast is supported by awesome listeners just like you. If you enjoy the podcast and find this episode useful to you, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. It helps out the show and lets me know how to best serve you all with future episodes. If you have a question or would like to suggest a future topic idea, I'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to podcast.goobar.io for your question or topic to possibly be featured in a future episode. And now let's dive in to today's topic. So, just what is continuous integration? Well, continuous integration, or again, CI, as it's more commonly referred to as, is the process of continually building and validating your project code. You might make a commit and then assemble your project. You might open up a pull request and run linting, testing, and assemble tasks and then notify your team that all of this work has been completed. I like to think of continuous integration as ensuring that we are building the right thing at the right time and in the right way. The, the key idea here, or one of the key ideas is really consistency. Having a continuous integration pipeline set up helps us avoid the, well, it works for me scenario So imagine, you know, you're building your project locally and and there's no problems with it. It builds just fine, it deploys, it works just fine on your local emulator, on your local environment setup, but then you hand it off to a teammate or a QA team or absolutely worse, you hand this off to your users in production and suddenly everything blows up. You know, nothing works, services are broken, you know, UI elements are all messed up, translations are missing, you know, any number of issues could be going on. And sometimes these can occur because of the way that we are building our project, because of the environment we use to build our project. Having CI set up and treating the CI as kind of our common source of truth for everyone building or testing the application, that helps us avoid those types of scenarios. Now, CI often gets referred to in conjunction or, or in um, combination with uh, CD which stands for continuous deployment. And these things are are very similar, but also kind of have a key distinct difference. So I want to call that out. So continuous deployment kind of takes the idea of CI a step further by actually releasing code anytime uh, you know changes are checked in. So imagine you, you know, add a commit or a series of commits to your mainline development branch in a CI pipeline that might be it. You know, nothing else might happen in response to that. In more of a continuous deployment model, that check into the mainline development branch might actually go ahead and release those changes out to the wild. Now, this is much easier in a kind of a, a web environment than it is in other types of development, say uh, mobile, where you have to go through an app store approval process. Um, so, so it's not possible depending on your team or, you know, the type of work you're doing, but but it's worth calling out because there are differences there. Now, there are a, a number of kind of key concepts when we start thinking about building a CI pipeline. And, you know, a lot of these are fairly Uh, universal, meaning that they translate across different types of CI tools or providers. So we're going to cover a few of these concepts and ideas to just give you a better understanding so that if you are talking with someone on your team or you hear people talking about your CI build, that you might be able to better understand what's going on. So the first concept I just want to talk about here is just the idea of a CI provider in of itself or a CI service um, in itself. You know, a, a CI provider in this case might be something like CircleCI or, or Travis, for example. You know, basically these providers boil down to a server uh, somewhere out there on the internet that will listen to changes in your project. And then in response to those changes, they will run some type of workflow to, to validate your project, to build your project, to do things like that. And we'll talk about examples of those in a moment. Now this communication from you know your code base to these servers is typically happening via some type of web hook. Um, an example of this again might be you know you check code in to GitHub and GitHub sends a web hook over to Circle CI, for example, to kick off the building of your project. And you know these these two distinct elements here of you know uh, the the place where you're storing your code, and the place or the service that's building your code, they might actually be the same thing. So for example, GitLab may act as both your code repository and your CI provider. And similarly, uh, GitHub can also act as your repository and your CI provider. There's a lot of options out there these days for performing CI. And, And honestly, far more than we'll talk about here far more than i'm sure i am even aware of you know i've done most of my work really all of my professional development work within uh, the mobile development space so those are the ones that i'm most familiar with um but but some of these can be used for all different kinds of ci so you know examples of popular ci services include you know circle ci which i already mentioned travis ci jenkins um, GitHub has CI built in through their GitHub actions framework. Uh, code magic is a newer CI platform, really specializing in mobile, um, really optimized for mobile. Uh, Bitrise is a really popular one as well. And, and then there's lots more out there. I know, um, for example, Google cloud platform, I think has some ability to uh, build projects and, you know, I think Microsoft Azure as well. There, there's lots of options out there. Um, and I will include links to a lot of these in the show notes so you can check them out there to just learn a bit more about each individual service. But the core idea here is that these services are working in very similar ways um, and at a high level, a lot of the concepts apply to all of them equally. So one of these core concepts is the idea of a workflow. Now it might be called a workflow, it might be called something else depending on the provider. But the key idea here is that for any of these, we're going to define repeatable sets of tasks that will work to build, to test, or to validate your project in some way. Now, these workflows are often defined using a a YAML file um, and checked into your code repository, making it easy to sort of track changes in time to your build configuration. Some of the providers also provide more uh, GUI-based or, or web-based visual configuration tools that can make it really easy for people to sort of compose different behaviors together, um, and you know that's something that I tend to not prefer myself, but I know other people that really, really like that, and it can be a powerful tool for building these types of workflows. So... I already mentioned previously that when we have a workflow, that workflow needs to be run in response to some type of trigger. And you know these triggers are basically there just to determine what is run and when it is run. And examples of different types of triggers include pushing a commit to your repository. Opening a pull request within GitHub could also be a trigger. Another common trigger is some type of cron scheduling, where you can set up something to be run on a repeated schedule, maybe daily, nightly, weekly, for example, uh, and, and more. There's many triggers out there. If you're using the, the GitHub Actions framework, for example, pretty much anything you do within the GitHub UI online can be considered a trigger and run some type of workflow. And you know, other providers will have their own unique sets of triggers that you can explore. So within the workflows that are run in response to these triggers, we have individual tasks. And these tasks are really the, the individual units of operation for our CI builds. These tasks could be something like a, a Gradle task or a Maven task. It could be simple command line operations. It could be us invoking custom you know, scripts, you know, shell scripts, Python scripts. Now, you can kind of imagine that you're sitting down to the command line. You know, What would you enter at the command line to build your project or to test your project? And now think of taking those commands and then adding them to the workflow. Those are the types of things that you can perform as an individual task. And then you can compose those tasks together to create the overall workflow. So uh, an example of a, a set of tasks in a workflow might be something like a first task to check out the the code from your repository. The second task might be to uh, copy over some type of configuration file or copy over and decrypt some type of um, key store keys. And then the final task might be to run your assemble task to actually build your application and generate whatever type of build artifact that you need. There's pretty much infinite variability in the types of builds that you could create, the types of combinations of tasks that you could piece together. So there's lots of, um, customization, you know, you can fit your builds to, to suit your team's needs to your personal needs or your personal preferences, but there are also kind of themes in these like many things. And so there are some common types of CI builds that you might run into and that it's worth us uh, just taking a minute to talk about. So Um, The first type of common build that you're likely to run into, whether it's an open source project or a personal project, or, you know, even on a large enterprise team is some type of a pull request build. So if we open up a pull request, we open up a change request, we want to make sure that those changes are not going to break the build, that they're not going to invalidate our tests or introduce any type of lint issues. So this type of PR build is one of the first things that usually gets put into place. Another common build is that of a, a nightly build, um, and, and this doesn't have to be necessarily nightly, but the idea here is that some type of daily build that runs every day on the mainline development branch and just validates that that branch is currently building as expected, that it is currently passing all tests as expected, um, and you might also add things to it like distributing it to testers so that every single day your current state of the project can be tested, can be assembled, and can actually be sent off to validate that it does what it's supposed to do. Uh, an, another common branch, or excuse me, another common um, uh, build type here is that of a release build. You know, at some point you want to actually release your project, you know, whether that's a, a backend web service or a mobile application or a machine learning model. At some point we have usually some notion of kind of a final release artifact. And a lot of times those are built and unique in different ways, and they might be distributed in different ways. So having some type of build special to that kind of release finalization, the release process is again, a very common build type. And then, you know, like I said, there's many other build types out there. You might have a feature build where some type of feature development work happens and is built or distributed in its own custom way. You might develop a, a workflow that runs daily or weekly, to run a a large UI test suite or smaller UI test suites. You might set up a workflow to improve your project's translation workflow, um, to automate uh, updating of version numbers. You know, there's there's lots of options out there. You know, and and if you want to get a a peek or a better understanding of what some of these options might look like, Um, I actually have a GitHub repository that I'll link to in the show notes that gives some common examples of workflows relevant to uh, an Android mobile application. Uh, That repo is, I believe, called uh, GitHub Actions Automation Sandbox. And um, it has, I think, about eight or so different types of workflows um, and simple examples of these workflows that you could pull over and adapt to your own projects. So like I said, that'll be linked to in the show notes. You can check it out to learn more. Now we hopefully have a little bit better understanding of some of the, uh, the core CI concepts and some of the common types of CI workflows. Uh, we're going to take a quick sponsor break, and when we get back from that, we'll chat about a few ways that you can start taking advantage of CI for your own work. Well, hello there. You might have thought a sponsor was coming, but no, it's still just me. This is a brand new show, folks, and we don't have any sponsors, but we do have awesome listeners just like yourself. So if you'd like to help out the show, share this episode with your social networks, share it with your friends, your family, share it with your doggo. I don't care who you share it with, but any and all shares are really appreciated And all those recommendations can really help out the show and let us know if we're doing a good job, a bad job. It doesn't really matter. It's useful all the same. So thank you all for listening. And now let's jump back over to our chat. Hopefully the concept of CI is a little more clear to you now, but how do you actually start taking advantage of CI, whether you're working alone or on a team? Well, so I'm going to look at sort of two different takes on this. We're going to look at a couple of things you can do if you're working as an individual. And then finally, we'll look at a couple of ways to take advantage of a CI if you're working in a team. So individually, I really recommend setting up a CI workflow for any of your larger long term projects. Maybe you have a portfolio project, maybe you have an open source project. Setting up CI on this is a great way to show, you know, that you are, are are professional, that you're taking this project seriously, that you have this extra set of skills. It's just a great way um, to, to manage your projects, a great way to treat your projects. If you want to get started with this, I, I really recommend GitHub Actions. It's a great choice if your code is hosted in GitHub. It's really easy to get set up and running. You have fewer authentication issues to work with. Um, and it's a great way to start experimenting with different types of workflows. Beyond uh, helping you efficiently build your projects, having a functional CI pipeline for your public projects is a great thing to highlight in your portfolio as well or during interview processes. You know, it gives you another aspect of software development to discuss with an interviewer or, you know, with a hiring manager or an engineer that you're talking to. You know, it lets you demonstrate another type of experience And shows another way in which you can bring value to a team. And that can be really, really powerful when you're looking for new roles. It can also be a great way just to help yourself stand out when completing a take home assignment. You know, if you're reviewing multiple take home assignments and they all functionally do about the same thing, but one also includes uh, examples of some CI workflows to demonstrate how that candidate might think about validating their project, that's a great way to help that project and that candidate stand out. So if you can, if you get comfortable setting up CI very quickly, it can be a great thing to add to those types of take-home projects and help you stand out and hopefully help you get a job. Now, the second sort of area I just want to quickly talk about is how do you start taking advantage of CI if you're working in a team? And what can you do as an individual to help this along? So the first thing that you'll wanna ask yourself and explore is you know, does your team already have some kind of CI setup in place? If not, then your first step could be to champion that for your team. You can be the one to elevate your team's execution and set up the first CI workflow. And this can be a great step forward for a team to start helping your team perform more efficiently and to start building and executing more quickly. Again here, I recommend GitHub Actions if you don't have any other um, external factor pointing you towards a different CI provider. It is though a good idea to ask other people on your team or in your organization if there are other teams using some other provider. If everyone else on your company is using CircleCI, for example, then setting up your first CI workflow for your team using CircleCI is probably a good idea because having consistency across an organization is generally a pretty good thing to have. Now, if your team is already leveraging CI, you might wanna take some time to explore the setup. Well, you know What types of workflows is your team currently building? Is it easy to discover the, the build configuration? Is it easy to discover what the outputs are? Is the configuration still up to date with the way that your build um, with the way that your project is currently built? You know, are there small improvements that could be made to the build configuration? You know, could your team benefit from some new or additional workflow? Coming at all of these questions and coming at your CI setup with a fresh set of eyes is a really great way to kind of uh, improve the overall system. Taking an active, hands-on approach to your team's CI system can be a great way to carve out your own little individual niche and bring a lot of additional value as an employee. You know, it's also something that can be generally quantified pretty easily and measured and used during performance reviews to demonstrate a significant business impact for your work which again, then becomes a really great way to just sort of benefit your career, uh, maybe help you get a promotion or a bonus or things like that. So it's a great way to sort of set yourself apart and you know help contribute to your team in another meaningful way. Continuous integration is a vital and powerful component to modern software development. Whether working in a team, maintaining an open source project, or working individually, a CI pipeline can bring a lot of value to your software development processes. Hopefully, CI makes a bit more sense now. Ultimately, CI boils down to a series of reproducible commands that help us build, test, and validate our code in response to events like creating a pull request. The goal is to help us ensure that we are building the right thing at the right time in the right way. It helps us avoid breaking project compilation or breaking tests for the rest of our team. This in turn helps us have more confidence in the code we are writing and helps us ship useful features to our users more quickly. We've only scratched the surface of CI during this chat, but hopefully this has given you a better sense of the core concepts and helps you feel a bit more informed on the subject moving forward. If you haven't done so before, I highly encourage you to set up a CI workflow at least once. Like I've mentioned, GitHub Actions is a great choice and you can find links to some GitHub Actions resources in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe for future chats about software development and career. And remember, if you have a question or topic idea, I'd love to hear from you and you can send those in to podcast@gubar.io for your question or idea to possibly be featured in a future episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to dream, learn, and create, and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Until next time, devs.